you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here with you. This is our post-draft recap episode of the MTS podcast. And Bucky, normally at the top of the show, we have some fun, tell some stories, have a good time. We don't have time for it today. No, we're going to get right to it. Everyone wants to know how we believe their team did in the draft. So we're just going to attack it in alphabetical order, starting with the Arizona Cardinals, finishing with the Washington Redskins. We're just going to go all the way through and talk about it. All right, let's roll through them. And, and, and though now if you're a team, I'd like you to listen to all of them. If you're a fan of a particular team, listen to all the analysis. But if you're just a Redskins fan, just push that fast forward button and get right <laughs> through all this stuff. All right, let's start. Arizona Cardinals, Bucky Hassan Reddick, round one. Buda Baker, Chad Williams from Grambling. Dorian Johnson, who had some some injury history there, some concern about him at Pitt, I think, is a starting guard. Looking at all, all this list here, what jumps out to you? A couple things jump out to me. The first two picks shows me that the Arizona Cardinals want to continue to have a hybrid defense, meaning multiple players that can play a variety of spots that can impact the game in a number of ways. Hassan Reddick is what I call a front seven hybrid. He can be an outside linebacker. He can play inside. He can drop in coverage. He can blitz. He can do a bunch of different things to be effective. Buda Baker is a back and hybrid, meaning he can play safety, he can play corner, he can play nickel. They have added more pieces to the playbook, so now they have the ability to really attack you in a number of different ways. I love where their defense is going to look like in the fall because they have a lot of different players that can do a variety of things. Tony Jefferson, you know, drops out. He goes to the Baltimore Ravens. You lose him, plug in Buda Baker. And Buda Baker, while he doesn't have great hands, Bucky, he's one of the best tackling secondary players You'll see. So he's going to make an immediate impact there. And Hassan Reddick, I know Steve Kime loved him, the general manager, and talking to him in the run-up to the draft. I, I don't think he thought he'd have a chance at him the way he had moved up the board late in the process. Good value pick there. Very good value pick. And I think you have to keep your eye on TJ Logan. Uh, big-time. Carolina Tar Heel. Absolutely, but a big-time kickoff returner. I know they moved Andre Ellington to wide receiver. Says to me that TJ Logan is going to have a major role for the Cardinals. All right, Atlanta Falcons. Tack McKinley, Bucky. We had talked about it on here previously. We wrote about it, talking about the fact that they need another edge rusher to pair up with Vic Beasley to be able to finish ball games. They move up just a couple spots to 26 with Seattle. They get Tack McKinley. Duke Riley, the explosive linebacker. They Man, they may have one of the fastest linebacker cores in the league right now. I mean, they are explosive. They have the ability to really set their defense up to play with the lead. This is an offense that's going to be high-powered. So in building their defense, they need to be able to rush the pass and get after him. So you go and get Tack McKinley to put opposite of Vic Beasley. They now have two fastball pitchers, as you like to allude to, to be able to throw heat off the edges. And I love his intensity, his energy, the way that he is a nonstop, relentless pursuer of the quarterback, he should help them. And then Duke Riley, to me, is much like Deion Jones, energy player. He comes in, he'll be able to play inside, linebacker, and help them. He and Deion Jones being able to run and chase on that turf. Devondre Campbell there as well. I mean, that's uh, that was my Duke Riley, by the way, my comp, Deion Jones. So he's going to join his former teammate there. Uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. All right, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens, Bucky. I'll be honest with you, I did not love Marlon Humphrey there in the first round at pick number 16. Uh, I do like Tyus Bowser with his athleticism, what he can do at outside linebacker 47. Uh, Chris Wormley, who's just kind of a solid five technique. 
Tim uh, out of Michigan. Tim Williams to me. This could be, I mean, this is the ultimate boomer bust. They got him in the third round. I think if he's completely clean uh, off the field, Bucky, Tim Williams would have been a top 20 pick. Well, absolutely, he would have been a top 20 pick. The way he is able to rush the passer off the edge, dynamic first step, um, terrific hand skills, can really attack with speed off the corner. Biggest issue is can he be stout enough against the run to be an every-down player. But when I look at their draft, the one glaring issue that I have they don't have any wide outs. Who's going to catch the ball? Who's going to be the number one? So your money's tied up in your quarterback, and you don't have anybody that's Bunch of tight anybody. ends. So that's where I think they miss it. I know you can't necessarily go chasing me, but I believe they could have got a wide receiver at some point in his draft to help Joe Flacco. Go get Anquan Bolden, bring him back. All right, Buffalo. I like what Buffalo did. They were sitting at number 10. They trade all the way down to 27. Uh, pick up a first-round pick in next year's draft, which I like. And you get Tredavious White, who is my 18th overall player. I think it's a rock-solid corner out of LSU. Then they come back, Zay Jones, with a billion receptions out of East Carolina. Deion Dawkins, who I think is a day-one starter at guard. And then they found a quarterback there as we scroll down, Nathan Peterman in round five, which for whatever you thought of Nathan Peterman, those were that liked him and those that were maybe lukewarm. I think in the fifth round we can all agree that's pretty good value. I think it's a pretty good value pick for Nathan Peterman in the fifth round. It would be interesting to watch him compete with Cardell Jones because one thing that's going to be ready and apparent when you see Cardell Jones throw versus Nate Peterman, a little different. it's going to be a little different in terms of the way the ball whizzes. But to his credit, Nathan Peterman is smart. He uh, throws with time and anticipation. We will see how he fares in that weather. But it is an overall good pick. And I will say this about their draft. Solid. We talk about in the draft, you don't necessarily need to hit home runs. You can win a lot of games hitting singles and doubles. I believe they're one of those hit-and-run teams. They'll score some runs because they got some nice, solid players defending to this this team. All right, let's move on. Carolina Panthers, Bucky, your old team. When you look at this list, what do you see? Uh, I'm intrigued because they're doing something that they've never done before, meaning taking these unique, versatile running backs and putting them in prominent places. Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel. It's almost like they doubled down Same on dude. the triple threat. Now, I like it on paper. If I was playing a video game, I would quickly grab the Carolina Panthers. (laughs) I would put both those guys in the game, and we'll just do all kinds of funny stuff with our running backs. I just don't know if Mike Shula is the play caller that can design plays to allow both of those guys to get off, and I'm not quite certain if Cam Newton is patient enough to throw the ball to his backs because he has always been a flamethrower from the pocket, someone that likes to push it down the field. We will see how this works once they get into training camp and into preseason. I think they got some starters down the line, though. Taylor Moten, uh, a guard from Western Michigan, played tackle. I think he's he's going to be a starter very early on. I was not a big Deshaun Hall guy from A&M. I know the hype started building. There was talk about him being a first-round pick. Uh, thir- third round, probably a little more accurate there. Corn Elder, I was shocked he was still there in the fifth, the corner from Miami. I am. I like him. He I think reminded, he's day one nickel. Of- yeah, he reminded me a lot of Malcolm Butler in terms of just being a junkyard dog. He's just going to fight. He's going to be scrappy on the edge. He's going to make tackles. And there's a place for those guys. As you're, you know, your your fifth defensive back, maybe your sixth guy on, on dime, there's a way for him to get on the field. I think he's a nice fit in uh, the Panthers' new defense. All right, Mitchell Trubisky, the big trade from three to two. Take Trubisky. I did not have a big issue with what they gave up in a trade. I had a, an issue with their evaluation of the player. I just didn't never watch Mitch Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky, I should say. I thought he was a good player. I never thought he was a top-five caliber player, and I didn't think he's somebody that, as a general manager, you're going to hit your wagon to because you are tied. This dude has to be a big success. Man, I mean, that, that top-five area is supposed to be reserved for the sacred ground. Those guys are supposed to be game-changers, difference-makers, transcendent stars. 
at no time, and I'm the closest Star Hill that you, I mean, I'm the biggest Star Hill fan you can find, at no time have I ever watched a game and said that Mitchell Trubisky is the best guy on the field. Yeah. And I think when you're taking someone in the top five, you like to feel their presence kind of jump off the tape. I never felt his presence. And so we'll see. Maybe they surround him by enough playmakers where he can kind of continue to drive the bus. But right now, I just have an issue with him as the second overall pick, meaning he's the second best player in this draft. No, I just didn't see that when I watched the tape. My other issue is I like Adam Shaheen. I'm I'm cool with him. Don't you dare say one bad word about him. I'm I'm fine with him. I just don't know. They kept going back. Who's going to play defense? Forget forget small school, big school. Their defense stinks. And they didn't didn't address any. The secondary is bad. Eddie Jackson is hurt. I mean, he's – Solid player, but he's hurt. Uh, they didn't attack any of their needs. So I don't know how this is a better team coming out of the draft than it was going forward because Mr. Trubisky's not going to go in there and lead them to 30 points a game. And unless they're scoring 30 points a game, they can't mask what their issues are when it comes to defense. Here's one of the yeah, things. I just don't like it. I just want to talk about this real quick, and then we've got to go fast for these other teams or we're not going to get through everybody. But real quick on the Bears, and that's just my personal opinion on this thing. From having come from Baltimore where – Everybody is involved in the process. To the, you know, if you're an office assistant and you t- transport a player from the facility to the hospital, you file a van grade and you you sit in the meetings and you contribute to the discussion. And then at the end of the day, everybody comes together in a democratic fashion and you have your say and you take the votes and you go with the majority of the room because you've built the organization the right way. Mm-hmm. You trust your coach. You trust your staff. You come together. You make a decision. The way this thing appears to have gone down in terms of a general manager and owner and maybe maybe or maybe not the head coach being involved. I don't know how that what that all shaked out to be. The lone wolf. That is not enough people to make that decision. And my here's my opinion. If you don't trust the people in your building that are your coordinators, that are running your scouting department, your scouts, if you don't trust them enough to involve them in the process, you hired the wrong dang people. I I don't like that. When that came out about the head coach and the general manager not being on the same page, that's not the way you're supposed to make these big picture decisions. Like, this is a big decision. You're talking about the face of the franchise, the quarterback that's going to lead you for the next five, ten years, and the fact that you can't come to an agreement or a consensus, you don't work with the head coach, nah, that's a problem. I think it will show up down the line. I just think the best organizations are the ones that from top to bottom that there's a synergy and there's an understanding. That just seemed weird to me. All right, let's move on to Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bengals. Go ahead. Cincinnati, what's interesting to me is they took a couple gambles. They took gambles on John Ross because of the durability issues, Joe Mixon obviously because of the character. Um, Some of the other guys, Jordan Willis, you worry about the athleticism translating into solid production. I like the Josh Malone pick. Um, Okay, but they have made a living out of building their rosters on these High-risk, high-reward picks. Do you like Mixon going there real quick? Because I know the, the the argument is, well, they've dealt with guys that have had issues before. My thing is I would have rather him gone into a more stable place where you I have mean, it's a little, little bit better. Yes. It's a little volatile. And, and the only thing, I don't know who the mentors that's are my, that's what I'm in getting the locker at. room. And so without knowing who the mentors are, I worry about him in that locker room. I like the talent. I like the talent of he and John Ross. And if they hit – Potentially, this offense looks a lot different for Andy Dalton. But you're right. The the leadership and the vacuum of or what they have in the locker room, I just wonder if they have enough to help all of these guys kind of get through the program. Where do you, where do you put those uh, that wide receiver group? 
I mean, it's a nice group. That's a nice I mean, group. AJ and, and Ross and Malone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like that, but like they I haven't played. How, I love yet. how he jumps. Got, in. got, got it, got to, got to put that in there, right? They have. I mean, they haven't played yet, but I like AJ Green. AJ Green is a nice starting point. Tyler Eifert is another part, but they still have some young guys. Tyler Boyd has to get on the field. Right. They got some other guys. Ro- Ross single single coverage. He's going to take the top off. Oh, okay, oh, now yeah. you need up the shot clock. You need up the shot clock. You James Harden over here. Nine thousand teams to get through. The last thing on the Bengals. Last point. Andy Dalton. Sixteen games. Eighteen touchdowns last year. So they need to get better. Um, all right, Cleveland Browns, Bucky, I love what they did. Didn't get stupid at the top. Miles Garrett traded back down, got some extra picks uh, going into to next year. Jabril Peppers, okay, they're going to use him in a variety of ways. David Njoku out, you know I was all in on him to get oh, him good. at 29. And then to me, the whole draft I think could be a massive hit if they hit on Kaiser, who they got at 52. I mean, I think that's an excellent value pick on Deshaun Kaiser. And you know how – I felt about Kaiser going in. Like, he should have been one or two, in my estimation, just based on the talent and what he brings to the table. It's interesting to hear some of the stuff general managers anonymously have said about him. Get a life. We will see how that that plays out. Here's the thing. Anonymously – I don't like anonymously trashing anybody. But anonymously trashing somebody in the run-up to the draft, okay, whatever – but after the draft, you're like trying to attack another team for picking him. Like, you're look, we none of us have this thing figured out. We think we do. No. Nobody does. Just worry about the guys on your team. Don't worry about the other. Yeah, guys. it'd be interesting to see how he plays out if they give him time. If they continue to surround him with weapons, I like it. But I like the fact that we talked about those three picks. I think they're nice doubles, or the ball is in the fairway if we're using golf terms. The only one that I worry about what they're going to do with Jabril Peppers. Where is he going to play? Does he play high? Does he play low? You put him in the box. How are they going to utilize and maximize his talents? All right, we'll see as we go along here. Dallas Cowboys, Taco Charlton. Um, doesn't have a ton of juice. He's my 23rd or 24th overall player. They got him at 28. I, I was fine with that. Chidobia Wuzie, I love that pick there in round number two, pick number 60, who can play as – I think he's going to be a day one nickel for them. I think he can hold up outside, but you want him inside. The interesting thing is they come back with Jordan Lewis, who I also think is a nickel. I think they really upgraded their secondary based on what they were playing with before. These are two solid players. Wuzie is a starter. Lewis, I think, is a perfect nickel corner. They can play a lot of man-to-man. They can play some zone. Those both, both those guys are versatile in the way they play, have great instincts and high IQs. I like these picks. Noah Brown, who they got in the seventh round, a receiver from Ohio State, could end up having some upside there for them as a value pick. All right, let's go. What do you think there when you look at the Denver Broncos, Buck? Uh, you know, I'm a little surprised at a couple of different things. I'm surprised at Garrett Bowles because they had the board was all theirs. So they must believe that Garrett Bowles is going to be a very, very solid left tackle. We'll see. I like the athleticism, but he really hasn't played a lot of football, so we'll see if he can man it. I like the DeMarcus Walker pick. I know he's a little unique, kind of smallish, not a great athlete. He has a knack for getting to the quarterback. I think he's going to be one of those inside rushers when they go to their sub package. And finally, Isaiah McKenzie, the returner out of Georgia. Look, he's lightning in the bottle. Could score plenty of points in the all to this punt, punt returner for the Broncos. Don't sleep on sixth-rounder D'Angelo Henderson either. This is a Broncos team that traditionally has found running backs, Darrell Davis. Some of these other guys late round or undrafted. He's a talented player. He's a little bowling ball. It's got some juice. What about Chad Kelly? Chad Kelly, Mr. Irrelevant. Last chance you. Yeah. Well, we called that one early on, about seventh <laughs> round. Let's move on to the Lions here, Buck. Keep this train rolling. What do you think? Uh, Jared Davis and Tease Tabor – up at the top of the board, they are going heavy on the Florida Gators. I like Jerry Davis. I think he is tough. Uh, Tease Tabor, I'm curious to see how they're going to get him to play. He's a guy that can be a little undisciplined, but the guy that I like and I know is one of your favorites, Michael Roberts. Yes, I love that. You've been that talking way. about the tight end parade in Detroit for a long time. 
they get an athletic tight end, a playmaker. Got to put 16 in the paint last year. That's crazy. Yeah, fourth round. And then you get Brad Kaya late in the sixth round who I actually re- like reunites that with Al Golden, who recruited him, who's the tight ends coach there. Oh, I didn't know that. How about that I didn't one? I know Al Golden was on that staff. Yeah. So, yeah, no, at that point in time, I, I was cool with that. All right, let's move on to the Green Bay Packers, Bucky. Hey, they went big in the secondary. Kevin King, Josh Jones with the first couple picks. Uh, those guys should come in and be immediate contributors. Kevin King is right in the prototypes that they like. Long, rangy, athletic, and press. Josh Jones is a do everything say to can hit you. Uh, runs around, makes plays over the top. I like that. And a couple receivers that he took. D'Angelo Yancey I like as a catch-and-run guy. And then down at the bottom, Malachi Dupree. I like that. Yeah, Malachi Dupree was good value. I thought it was funny because a lot of these themes that we hit in the run-up to the draft came to fruition. Remember when we talked about the Green Bay tree having a need, attacking it with multiple picks? Yes. You mentioned back in the day with all those corners that Green yep. Bay took. Then we talked about Seattle taking three running backs last year. Green Bay needed some running back help to supplement Ty Montgomery. Get them a bunch. They took three. You're going to hit on one of them. That's what you're hoping. I like Jamal Williams there, by the way, is, is my pick to click of the three running backs that they picked. All right, Houston, Bucky, what do you think? Uh, Houston, Deshaun Watson is really going to make this draft. They've traded away their first and their second round picks in the future. They need to make sure that this quarterback is the right one for him. I believe he'll eventually move Tom Savage out. It's a nice situation. He has a nice defense. He has a supporting cast. How he plays is ultimately going to dictate how we view this draft class. Zach Cunningham going to join with Bernardrick McKinney, maybe the two tallest inside linebackers in NFL history. They're just tall, high-cut dudes, and they're kind of a unique situation. Uh, but, look, I thought it was, a, it was a good pick with where they got him at 57. That was more in line with what we had said about Zach Cunningham, a lot of buzz about him being a top 15, 20, you know, first-round pick. We didn't, we didn't necessarily buy that, but at pick number 57, all good with it. Deontay Foreman, we'll see how he can get in the mix there at the running back position. The Colts, Bucky, I love what the Colts did, especially getting Malik Hooker at 15. That's and I ridiculous. like Malik Hooker and Quincy Wilson. They got bigger, faster, more athletic, and they also got guys with ball skills in the back end. This is a team that needs to play better defense. I know they have been really focusing on trying to find a way to fix that secondary. I believe they fixed it. Malik Hooker being the best center field safety. Quincy Wilson being a very solid corner on the outside. I like their picks, and they just kind of continue to add to the team by taking a nice running back in Marlon he's, Mack. He's going to get a lot of carries this year. I think Marlon Mack is going to be a big part of their run game. And then a small school sleeper, Grover Stewart, from Albany State, who went on, like good 20, on yeah, he went on like 25 team visits. So there was a lot of teams uh, eyeing him up and hoping he would fall in their lap. Jags, Bucky, I know you love what they did. I mean, I absolutely love what they did because it's all about trying to figure out if they can make the quarterback better. Strong running game, and Leonard Fournette, Cam Robinson added a playmaker in D.D. Westbrook. Those things alone should make him better. Right now, Blake Bortles has no excuses. Then on defense, they just come back and add a tackling machine in Blair Brown and also a crafty cornerback in Jalen Myrick with big-time speed. Nice, solid selection, and they're reflective of what Tom Coughlin talked about. Want a tougher, more of a blue-collar team. That's what these guys are. No question. All right, Kansas City Chiefs, big move of the draft here, going all the way up from 27 to 10 to take Pat Mahomes. Now, look, we loved him when he came in here, loved getting around him. I think he's raw. I think it's a long-term project. But if there was to cherry-pick one team, and we talked about it, this was the perfect team for him to go to. Perfect team because they have a plan. They know how to develop athletic quarterbacks. They've done it. Uh, Donovan McNabb took Michael Vick. The, co- the head coach, Andy Reid, has experience dealing with Brett Favre. All those things should help them dealing with Pat Mahomes. So I, I kind of like what they've been able to do. He's a good pick. A little sooner than I wanted to, but I understand the rationale behind it. 
Tano Passanio from Villanova, big body, beautiful. That was a freak yeah, there. That was a, that was a reach. For it's, a, it's a little bit early there in the second round. I thought he'd probably be more of a third or fourth round project, but I love when they came back with Kareem Hunt, who's one of my favorite running backs out of Toledo. I think he's just just ultra instinctive. This guy's great, got a great feel for the game. Um, he's got a chance there. Leon McQuay, by the way, their last pick with the uh, Rose Bowl interception that set up mm-hmm. the game-winning uh, kick there. All right, let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Buddy. Love it, love it, love it. I like the way they attacked it. Mike Williams on the outside gives them a playmaker. They brought in two guards to fortify that offensive line. Say what you want to about Phillip Rivers. The Chargers are going all in to take over L.A., and they just might do it while also taking over the AFC West. How about when you look at Phillip Rivers in his best seasons? Tall ball, Buck. You had Vincent Jackson on one side, Malcolm Floyd on the other. Now all of a sudden you look up, you've got Mike Williams, you've got Tyrell Williams, you've also got Keenan Allen coming back. They They got a basketball team out there. there. That's what Phil Rivers does best. Throw it up there. Let those guys compete. I like it, but I also like the fact they fortified the inside. Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney. Who would have thought that the two best guards – immediate upgrades. Two best guards would be on the same team. Being able to get that, that's nice. Nice drafting. I like what they did as well. All right, let's go to the L.A. Rams. Stay in Los Angeles. You know, you got Cooper Cup goes down. I actually talked about this being a really good place for him. And the reason it's a nice place for him, they're running a West Coast offense. He's a crafty route runner. Should be really, really good for him. Gerald Everett, I'm trying to figure out what they're doing because they took Tyler Higby a year yeah, ago. Yeah, I think, but they're really, they they're really thinking him with McVay coming from Washington. Jordan Reed. We did the Jordan Reed comparison. I think this is how he's trying to use him. Uh, he has he's a good player. I'm a big Gerald Everett fan. So that was about right where I thought he would go um, out of South Alabama. John Johnson, the big safety from B.C. Josh Reynolds, I think, could get some burn here at the wide receiver position who's tall and can really adjust to the ball down the field. Interesting player. Tanzel Smart. Ironically, I I kind of thought the way he played was like a Grady Jarrett. He's going to get a chance to learn from the master now with Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, I think that's terrific. They really, really upgraded the squad. How about the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, uh, what do you think here? But Charles Harris, I thought it's a good value. Pick number 22. Raekwon. Raekwon McMillan, to me, was a nice pick, too. I yep. thought they got two very solid players. Cordray Tankersley, uh, third round. I could see him going there. Yeah, I thought third, third that's, fourth round. I know there was chatter. There was some chatter of him going way higher than that, but yeah, I thought this was about right. No, nah, I mean, I think that's where he probably graded at. And then at the bottom, Isaiah Ford. What the heck? Fast. What happened? Didn't run fast. But still, his tape is a lot better than seventh-round tape. There's some, That's one of those deals where I'm like, there's some information. i got to find out what it was. But the, there's no way he should have lasted that long. I know. I wouldn't. I was surprised. I didn't think he would last that long. But sometimes the depth of the class, the class is deep. All right. One of those Virginia Tech guys. Bucky Hodges is another one that dropped. Well, Jared, the quarterback didn't get picked. Yeah, Jared Evans yeah. went undrafted. He, was, he came out early. Isaac Asiata, by the way, the fifth-round pick of the Dolphins, I think will start as a rookie. Tunsil uh, out at left tackle. He'll fill right in at guard. Absolutely. What do you think about the Minnesota Vikings? I thought, look, the offensive line, I know they had all those additions. I still don't think it's very good. But Dalvin Cook can kind of – Dalvin Cook can make something. He can make him right. Yeah, he can make something out of nothing there. I, I thought at that point in the draft, second round, pick 41. I mean, he was my, gosh, my 15th or 16th overall player. I mean, look, if, he's, if he stays out of trouble, that's a, that's a home run pick. Yeah, down at the bottom of the board, Bucky Hodges, kind of the jumbo wide receiver guy that was a tight end. But he's going to have a chance to be one of those matchup nightmare type players. Could be interesting. Rodney Adams, too, the receiver's got a lot of juice uh, out of South Florida. They got him in the fifth round, which I thought was good value pick there for the Vikings. Let's move on to the Patriots, Bucky. Not a lot to talk about here. Not a lot to talk about because they took Derek Rivers and Dietrich Wise, those guys. 
uh, third round, fourth round, respectively. But this draft is all about their trade and what they would bring over. Brought over Brandon Cooks, brought over Coney Ely, two guys with proven track records. They make their team better regardless of what the guys add from the draft. The Patriots, they, they just do a good job accumulating the right guys for their team. I think this is a scarier Patriots team than the one that won the Super Bowl last year. No, they got a group, a good group. I like Derek Rivers as a rusher, too. I thought that was a, a good pick there. All right, let's move on to the Saints and really like with their first pick. I didn't, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, Bucky, we kind of debated. Uh, I, I was a little bit higher on him than you were, but man, at the 11th, 11th pick, pick. Perfect. Come on. Perfect, perfect. I think it puts him in a situation where he can grow into that role as the shutdown corner. He has a great coach in Aaron Glenn. They come back later and get Marcus Williams, guy that can be a center field safety with a young Von Bell and Kenny Vaccaro. They're reshaping this defense. This defense should be much improved. I think they'll play different than they played a year ago. Marcus Williams, my favorite uh, pre-draft nugget on him was his basketball player. It was Little Magic was his nickname. Oh, strong. Uh, Alex Anzalone can really run at linebacker. Trey Hendrickson can really rush the passer. I thought the Saints did a nice job defensively. Uh, if they can plug Ramchek in and get him on the offensive line, they helped themselves there. Maybe the most interesting pick in the entire draft, Buck. We had talked about him going in the late first round, and maybe that caught some people by surprise. But sure enough, Evan Ingram did go late first, really kind of almost middle. He was a 23rd pick to the Giants. What do you think of the Giants draft? Love this pick. I love the fit for Evan Ingram in this offense. He's surrounded by so many playmakers that he is going to torch one-on-one coverage in the middle of the field. He could be a game changer, especially with the Giants. Cutting back some of that offense, making more small ball to fit Eli Manning's skills, this should be a really good player. Um, someone else who, who struck me as a nice fit, Davis Webb. Yeah, how about that one? You know, a lot of people saying, ah, oh, Davis Webb is, isn't anything. He's not going to be a player. But a third-round pick to sit for three, four years before he has to show his wares, I'm fine with Davis Webb right there. All right, the New York Jets, I said on air and got a lot of attention apparently. I said this is the worst roster in the NFL. I didn't think it was breaking news. I thought we'd been talking about that for a while. But I thought, once again, when they had, when they got Leonard Williams, I thought they got the best player in the draft fell in their lap. And this year, I know you've said you had Jamal Adams as the best player. I, I had him so. as the second best player in the draft, and they got him at six. So it definitely started off right with, with what they were able to land at pick number six. Did a really good job of just taking the best available player. Marcus man, Jamal Adams, two safeties, put him in there. They're going to be 10-year starters together, just like the overall fit. And a Darius Stewart, to me, is someone that is crafty, underrated during the process, has some skills. I thought they had a really good draft. I mean, I'm a Chad Hansen where they got him in round number four. He was in my top 50 at one point in time. Jordan Leggett, who's like having another receiver at tight end, very athletic. And then uh, Eli McGuire, a little running back from Louisiana Lafayette. It's a good little player. Um, and Derek Jones, in the, their last pick of the sixth round, is a tremendous athlete who got a chance to develop uh, as a corner there at the next level. I like what the Jets did. No quarterback, that's fine. They're going to suck next year anyways. They'll be picking up high, and they'll get a chance to get a better quarterback than what they would have taken in the first round this year. Yeah, I mean, also we get a chance to see Chris Hacker maybe exceeds expectation. All right, let's move on to the Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders, um, character notwithstanding, Gary and Conley and Obi Melifonwu, if we had talked about them being able to pull both of those guys in the first round, uh, recently we would have talked about, man, how good – are the Raiders for being able to be astute. And they get both guys. Obi Malafonwu, natural safety guy that making bounce out the corner. Conley is a plug-and-play day one starter. If he can overcome his legal issues, the Raiders got really, really nice players. But I like down at the bottom, there's a little Tar Heel, Elijah Hood. Elijah Hood. Interesting about Elijah Hood. Gained over 1,600 yards a season ago. Didn't play well his final season there. But in terms of being a rugged workhorse, having the opportunity to sit behind Marshawn Lynch could do him wonders as a starter. I like Marquel Lee, the linebacker at Wake Forest in round number five. I thought that was good value. 
thought he could be a starter for this football team. Philadelphia Eagles, Bucky, what would you think? You know, the Eagles are impressive, and the Eagles are impressive because I like Derek Barnett. I just like the way they approach the draft. Uh, Derek this Barnett. This is meat and potatoes, baby. This is a meat and potatoes draft. Hard head. Cindy no Jones, guesswork. Sidney Jones, Russell Douglas. Two guys that are nice fits in Jim Swartz's scheme. He's going to play zone. He's going to put it on the front for to get the pressure. They're going to play. Their eyes on the quarterback. Both of these guys have ball skills, tremendous athletes. I, I just like both of these picks for them. Yeah, I think they did a good job. Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas, I think got a chance once they're once Sidney's healthy. I think those got a chance to be their corners here for for a long time. Mac Collins, great special teams player. Danell Pumphrey, I think they're going to use him more in the slot than they are going to use him at running back. Uh, but he's going to be a, a a nice guy. You know, there was a lot of talk about them taking Christian McCaffrey if he would have been there. Yep. They can use Pumphrey in some of the similar type of a role there. Not quite as dynamic as McCaffrey, but he can do some of those same things. They checked a lot of their needs boxes, so I cannot complain about what they were able to do. Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. T.J. Watt, to me, is kind of a classic Pittsburgh Steeler. He fits in with them perfectly. Plays his butt off. I think he's going to be an even better pro. The arrow is trending up on him the way he finished the season. Juju Smith-Schuster from USC. Plug him into their receiving core. Really, really physical. See if he can kind of break the, uh, the slump here of USC wide receivers. And then Cam Sutton, corner from Tennessee, can play outside, can play inside, can play safety. Good value in the third round. And then James Conner, to me, what a classic Pittsburgh Steeler there in round number three. Classic Pittsburgh Steeler move. Rough, rugged, physical. He does it for more than just himself. You see the stories. He is an outstanding player to put right behind Lev Bell. you got two whammers coming at you all game long. And then Juju Smith-Schuster kind of got knocked and dinged during the process because of his route running. But he's only 20 years old. I think he has a ways to go before he maximizes his talent. I'm gonna pause here because I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just waiting for somebody to jump in here because of somebody that we uh, that we didn't talk about here. Yeah, we're not waiting. gonna talk about. Oh, gosh, Yeah, took two balls. Yep, that's that uh, Knoxville Steel City South. I held up a sign for Bucky that said, "Don't talk about Dobbs." <laughs> I was like putting bait in the water <laughs> yeah, for right. Sully to go jumping in on that one. Uh, so uh, Sully's got to renounce his fandom to the Seattle Seahawks, right, Sully? Yep. No, no. Now you're no. a Steeler fan. No. Mm-mm. Yep. Sorry. There you go. All right, San Francisco, Bucky. Let's roll through the end of this here. Solomon Thomas, Reuben Foster, we've all read the stories. Those were their number two and number three players. They got both of them uh, with a little trade up there for Foster. I love those two picks. I am not a big Witherspoon fan. We'll see how that pans out. Now, Witherspoon, I'm not a big fan of C.J. Beathard. I yeah. know Kyle Shanahan went on record and called him someone that reminded him of Kirk Cousins. I don't see that. I don't see a big arm. I, I, I just don't see it. When I – Saw him at the East-West Shrine game. I was really disappointed in his arm strength and his arm talent. I just didn't get. I was not. I like Joe Williams' upside pick at running back from Utah. They got him in the fourth round. I like that one. I wasn't a huge George Kittle fan. I know he tested really well. I didn't see that on tape. Trent Taylor is an interesting little slot uh, receiver. Peter Taumo Panu from, from Utah. I like that dude. He plays hard, man. He he is a hard charger off the edge. So they got him in the sixth round. I like that one. Let's uh, – we're about done here. We got to Seattle. We got a couple more teams left, Buck. Malik McDowell. Love that pick. And the reason I love it. Really? Pick, you loved it? Why? I love it in that situation. Because of Seattle? Yeah, Seattle, Pete Carroll trying to get him going. Second round pick. He potentially is the best defensive tackle in He's the got a class. lot of ability. Can you a lot get him of size, to play hard? A lot of talent, a lot of athleticism. Maybe the culture can change him. It's about the culture. Do it for the culture. The rah rah Pete Carroll stuff. Yeah. It's going to work. Yeah. Do That's it right, for Bucky. the culture. Do it for the culture. You're going to bring him up there. You're going to surround them with all those alphas. They're going to talk about competing. And then you go a little later and you get a guy, Nazir Jones, 
from North Carolina who is similar, underachiever in college, but has a big body frame. Let's just see if it works out. I love Shaq Griffin, the corner from Central Florida in the third round. I thought that was an excellent pick. And Posick is going to start for them. He could probably start uh, at tackle or guard or center. He can start any of the any of the spots there for this team. He's a very versatile kid at LSU, and he's ready to play right now. So I like what they did with him. Uh, let's move on now. Tampa Bay Bucks. Three to go. Tampa, we thought maybe the greatest steal. We've got a video on our draft day steals. O.J. Howard made the list. O.J. Howard definitely makes the list. He's a guy to control the middle of the field. He should really open up that pass again. He and Cameron Brait, one-two punch it tied in. You have Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans on the outside. You get a back in the backfield behind Jameis Winston. This offense is ready to rock. I love it. They haven't seen anything like this since Doug Williams. Back in the day. Playing quarterback with Jimmy Giles and Kevin House on the outside. Nicely done. Chris Godwin from Penn State. Again, I thought good value there at pick number 84 about where he belonged. And Jeremy McNichols, I know he's had some – some injury stuff, but, man, he is, uh, I thought, in the fifth round, that's a home run pick. He could end up being their starter long term. Yeah, he absolutely can be. I think it's going to be a nice fit for him. If Doug Martin can't get his game right, Minooks is coming in and really be a nice player for him. One of my favorite drafts took place in Tennessee, and not just because they had multiple first-round picks. You go all the way through their draft. Corey Davis, Adoree Jackson, explosive, really good football players. Tywan Taylor. Tywan Taylor, we both loved him, Bucky. We talked about him in the run-up through the process. Jonu Smith. Kind of a mismatch H-back type tight end. Jayon Brown can run at linebacker. You go all the way down the list. You know they, they took a kickoff returner there out of Cal and Kalfani Muhammad, who's one of the faster kids in the draft. So I just like what they did from Kalfani Muhammad. You know I I coached him. Did you really? Notre Dame High School. He's a big time sprinter. Fastest, fastest in the state. Yeah, big twice sprinter. Twice is nice. I don't know where they're going to put him at because he can't catch the ball uh, great return, out the back. Return kickoffs. Return kickoffs. He can. When's the last time Tennessee had a kickoff? He can returner? flat out. Oh. Fly. Derek Mason? Derek Mason, yeah. Also, oh, the, the Ed, Mariani. Mariani. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mariani. That's right. The I forgot about Mariani. Yeah, yeah, yeah Montana. that's right. That's right. All right, final one. We made it to the end here in time for us to get to our uh, our meeting. We have the Washington Redskins, Bucky. I Look, I you know we have a video coming up of some of our teams. We thought nailed it. I thought they nailed it. Uh, solid. Value players throughout the draft. Jonathan Allen, Ryan Anderson, terrific. Samaj P. Ryan being a running back to compliment Fat Rob. Uh, Monte Nixon, who I wasn't a big fan of, but he does have measurables. And so if you're going to guess and gamble, you gamble on the guy with the right physical traits. He has those things. Jeremy Sprinkle, a tight end. That's a good value pick. Fifth round. Off the map. We might talk about him down the road. I I just kind of like this. And he's a nice compliment to Jordan Reed because he's everything that Jordan Reed isn't. He's a physical player at the point of attack, big body. Josh Harvey Clemens, huge safety from Louisville, I think has got a chance to be a a nice player for them that can match up with some tight ends. Uh, I like what he brings to the table. Sully, what do you got for us here? Uh, Way too early prediction for rookie offensive and defensive players of the year. Offense, I think we've both been talking about Dalvin Cook. If he can if you know, if he can get the touches there, I think he's got a good chance to be offensive. Although I would say if I was gonna put my top two, I would probably put uh I think I might go Corey Davis with I think he's gonna emerge as their number one dude in that offense. Maybe uh, Mike Williams? I like Mike Williams. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, that's true. A lot of mouths. I don't know if he can get enough rocks. I'm going Dalvin Cook because I think Dalvin Cook is gonna touch the rock a lot. He's going to be the guy. Defensively, I'm going Reuben Foster because he's mad at everybody, and I just don't want to be on the <laughs> just receiving. Just angry Reuben Foster. Oh, just mad at everybody. Not going to be happy. <laughs> nah. So I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. I think those are the two. No, that's a good group there. Um, I'll say on the defensive side of the ball, I might go uh, Hassan Reddick with a chance to kind of oh, rack yeah. up some sacks, maybe an interception or two, so just some impact plays. And I think the Cardinals would be a good team. So 
I think he might have a chance there. We got to get these folks at home to to elevate their underwear game to the next level with me undies. What is me undies, you ass? Oh, just seriously soft, feel good undies delivered right to your door. They're designed right here in LA, made from sustainably sourced micromodal, a fabric three times softer than cotton. Me undies, softer than soft. Lux undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style and guess what you can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription if you're not ready for that subscription that's okay you can still save that's because me undies offering you 20 percent off your first pair just use special url meundies.com slash nfl 2017 and get 20 percent off your first pair so go ahead revamp your underwear drawer you deserve it. once again that's meundies.com slash nfl 2017 meundies.com slash nfl 2017 all right, Buck, we made it through all 32 teams. Oh. Want to be efficient with our time. We had to get to a path to the draft here. Got some TV work to do, but we wanted to make sure we didn't leave any teams out. So no dilly-dallying around. On Thursday, maybe we'll have a little more time. We can let our hair down a little bit and, and get into this maybe a little bit deeper. But wanted to just kind of go with our, our 30,000-foot view here on each individual team and their draft. Yeah, I dug it. You know, I really like talking about every team. Now we're off to the draft. Now we're already focused on 2018. Who are the quarterbacks? I'm hearing so much about this quarterback draft class. Can't wait to see what those guys have. Yeah, I'm focused on getting to the beach. You can worry about 2018. On, I'll get, get right 28. Oh, you guys didn't get my note and need mock drafts. Yeah, it's uh, not happening. Not, right. I saw some folks tweeting that stuff out right afterwards. I, I'm, and look, I try and be here for the people, but I, I got, <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing for you. Do it right for now. the culture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a little bit of a break here. Uh, okay, that's gonna do it. Sully, thank you so much for all your hard work behind the glass. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for the comments and the ratings. We are close to 500 ratings on iTunes, so have a little uh, mini celebration when you guys get us over that hump. I appreciate all that. It does help as we go. All right, that's going to do it for you. We will uh, we'll be back Thursday with another episode of Move the Sticks. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.